Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacy, and today we're getting a little familiar because we're talking about the 2008 film Quarantine, which is a remake of the 2007 film Wreck. Tape everything, you hear me? Tape everything! Uh, I'm your host, Ryan Stacy. I said that already? Yeah, I said that already. Well, I mean, it makes sense for this movie. Yeah. I'm having, I'm having weird flashbacks. Deja vu. Yeah. Almost like we've done this before. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I'm joined by our wreck-turned-quarantine correspondent, Josh Wessler. Josh, how you doing? Still in quarantine. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, nothing's changed. It's, yeah. almost, it's, almost like it's, uh, it's almost like it's April again. Yeah, because I think we watched Wreck back in April. Uh, I date them in my nope. April 26th. How's it feel to watch the same movie over again. I mean, I've, I've re-watched movies in the past that I've enjoyed. I'd enjoyed Wreck. I, I didn't really enjoy this one as much, but I think that's just because it's the same, it's the same thing, but I'm still not re-watching Wreck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, actually, for those of you from America, most of you are probably familiar with the movie Quarantine over the movie Wreck. Um, so what happened was Wreck is a Spanish film that came out in 2007, did very, very well. So we, of course, remade it in America, so you could watch the movie without subtitles basically a year later, and it's almost exactly the same movie. There's a few additional scenes, a couple extra characters, and they change one major plot point, but that doesn't really have a big effect on the movie. It's just, no, the plot point basically just like changes the explanation for why stuff is going on. Yep, and that's it. It is the same movie. So... Normally on this podcast, we do a breakdown of every scene, every decision, every character decision in the whole movie. We're not going to do that this time because we've done it already. If you want that, go listen to a rec podcast. It's pretty much the same thing. And then there are a few additional scenes, uh, and we'll talk about the decisions that are made in those specific scenes. The other thing we're going to do today is talk about the awards, our Randy Meeks Merit Badge and the Night of Living Club Award. Obviously, we gave those out to characters in the movie Wreck, as we always do, and we're going to see if their American counterparts earn those awards as well. So we're not going to be going through the plot of this movie beat by beat, decision by decision, but still spoiler alerts for quarantine because we're just going to just generally <laughs> talk about the whole thing. We're trying to just create a master list of rules to survive any and all horror movies. You can find our current list of rules on our Twitter account at how number two horror, how to horror. We're not going to add any new rules for this movie. Spoiler alert. There will be no more new rules, but you know, we'll generally talk about some of the rules as they are relevant. But this is probably going to be a much shorter podcast than usual just because we've talked about this movie before pretty much. Yeah, and I would recommend going and seeing Wreck. And if you haven't seen Wreck, I'd actually be interested in seeing Quarantine first just to see what my opinion would be like. So maybe do that instead. Up to you. But I remember the Wreck podcast being a fun one. So Mm -hmm. if you have not heard that one, scroll back down through the How to Survive a Horror Movie feed and go listen to that one because it's a good one. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for the plug, Josh. You're welcome. <laughs> Five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, anything else before we get started here? No, I'm good. All right. Let's get into not the plot of quarantine. Uh, we're just going to talk about some of the... There's a couple of just general differences at the beginning. We spend... Uh, so this movie is about a an infection that takes place at an apartment building. And a couple of firefighters and a news team get sent there. And they get trapped inside by a quarantine. The CDC seals them inside, and uh, there's an infection, and everyone dies. Quarantine. Yep. That's the movie. 
All right. Well, uh, see you guys. <laughs> Um, but one thing I, I do like at the beginning is we spend a lot more time at the, the, the fire department getting to know our, some of our main characters. We just get some more scenes of them interacting, develops them a little bit more, which I do like. And one thing, uh, one other note is in Wreck, all, all the, the actors were unknowns. Nobody really knew any of them. Uh, that's not the case here. We have some names. Uh, so our main character, Angela. <laughs> in this movie, she's Angela. We, we Americanized her. Yes. And she's played by Jennifer Carpenter, who uh, Dexter fans will know her. She played Dexter's sister. And in real life, the two of them dated. That's oh, weird. That's very weird. Uh, but she's our lead here. She's kind of annoying. Uh, yeah. If, if we're going to do some comparisons here between Quarantine and Rec, uh, score one for Rec here. Yes, absolutely. Anhala, better. Yes. Now, those of you who remember from the Rec are Randy Meek's Merit Badge winner, which goes to the character who did the best job at surviving the horror movie. That was a guy named Manu, who was our main firefighter in the movie. And in this movie, they, they change all the characters' names. They Americanize him. His name's Jake. Manu, Jake. Same thing. <laughs> also very Americanized. Um, and, uh, you know, I, w- I would have prefer- preferred a Manu here. Yeah. I- in our podcast, when we were talking about it, it seemed like established the Manu fan club. Yes. Oh, yeah. Dude, we're huge. Yeah, every time, because Manu shows up in Rec 2 and Rec 4 as well, and we got so excited. like, yeah, Manu! Uh, best character. And this time, you know, he's, he's, he's good, but, you know. He's, he's still no, good. Uh, he's played by Jay Hernandez. Horror movie fans will know him. He's the lead in Hostel. Oh, okay. I've, I've seen Hostel. You have? Yes. yes. He's the lead in Hostel. Oh, okay. Um, it was a long time ago. Yeah. He's also in the Suicide Squad. He plays El Diablo in Suicide Squad, who's... Mm-hmm. My favorite character in Suicide Squad. I don't like that movie, but there's things I like, and he his character is at least interesting in Suicide Squad. So, one of the only decent parts of Suicide Squad is Jay Hernandez. We also have just another little horror movie. the The, the first cop to get uh, that we meet who gets taken out of the movie very early. Uh, he's played by Andrew Fischella, who uh, he was in Final Destination Four. He's the mechanic who gets sliced to bits on a, a sharp fence, and he also has a small role in the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. And two more uh, I want to mention are our veterinarian this time around, a guy named Lawrence. Uh, I don't remember what his name was in the first movie. But yeah. he's played by Greg German, who is in Child's Play 2. I think he's in Child's Play 2. And, and this was the one guy that I recognized yep. he's uh, a, out of he's, everyone. He's also in Talladega Nights. He, yeah, I'm not sure if I recognize He's got to be in something else. Um, I know him mostly from Talladega Nights because he is the guy who takes over Ricky Bobby's racing company. And oh, that's right. Ricky Actually, Bobby. I think that might be where it's from. Uh, he likes uh, um, Sasha Baron Cohen's character. Yeah. So I love Greg German in Talladega Nights because that Talladega Nights is one of my favorite movies. And then finally, we, uh, the little girl this time around, uh, Brianna, she's played by Joey King, who is in a couple of horror movies. Uh, she's in Wish Upon, she's in Slenderman, and then she's also in season one of Fargo. A lot of names, like not like A-list actors, but like people you've seen and stuff. People that you might have recognized. Yep. So, you know, that that is interesting that we get some uh, uh, recognizable faces in this movie. But yeah, so the movie gives us a lot more time at the, the fire department uh, developing the characters and watching them flirt with each other a little bit or be creepy. You know, depending on... Yeah, the flirting between Angela and Jake was definitely, definitely flirting. Uh, the commentary between... Uh, Angela and Fletcher, who's the I don't think second fire department uh, yeah, firefighter. Yeah, is definitely more creepy. Yeah, yeah, he's a creep. And the other main difference with this movie is we're gonna find out the infection is not caused by a demon this time. It's just rabies. It's super rabies. So, yeah, super mega rabies. Yeah. <laughs> with rabies, if you get bit by a bat, you immediately go to the doctor and you get rabies shots to cure it. Because if the symptoms start showing up, which I guess take months normally, you're dead. Like, you have a 99.99999 chance of dying. I mean, technically, I think you can survive rabies. There's a couple of people who have, but don't bet on it. 
Yeah. Um, so once the symptoms show up, you are done. And so in this movie, they show up pretty quick. Pro tip, if you if you get bit by any sort of animal and it breaks the skin, go to the doctor just, just because. Yep. Test yep. it out because you might as well do this preventative before almost being guaranteed to die if it actually is rabies. Yeah, you don't want to get old yellered. <laughs> no. Gotta no, take you, do you not. out back. Josh gets rabies. Josh, we gotta take you out back to the woodshed. Take you out back to the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> and so that is a little bit different. So um, you gotta handle it a different way. You can't just pray the demon away like you could in Wreck. Yeah, and this makes it really weird for like any like sequels because the thing that I really like about the Wreck series is that it turns it completely on its head and makes the sequel and third and fourth movies nothing like the original. Uh, And it advances the storyline, which is what I really appreciate. Now you're going with rabies, which is fine because it's it's a remake. So I appreciate that they're not just doing everything the exact same. But this means that you can't do any of that other stuff. No. Yeah. So if you're ever trapped in a building with an infectious disease... Wait a second. Um, <laughs> specifically rabies. That's kind of the what we're going to focus on a little bit because there's a little bit that's a slightly different strategy possibly than having to do with a demon virus. So we'll get to that in a second for sure. Uh, so oh, another another change early on is uh, uh, Angela and Jake, and then our cameraman. His name is Scott instead of Pablo. Um, also Americanized. <laughs> also Americanized. They start bringing everybody downstairs at one point just to get everybody in one location, and they find a girl named Elise. Who's clearly sick, and we at this point they've already seen other sick people in this movie, and they know they're in a horror movie. Elise is just as sick as everyone else, and they bring her downstairs as well. How about you just like lock her in there and just leave her up there? Yeah, this was a big red flag that did not make sense to me because they had already seen at least one person, yeah, maybe two people, maybe two people that are showing the same foaming at the mouth that this person is uh, is showing. So I see absolutely no reason why I should bring this person near. The rest of the group. Yeah. Socially distant. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, and at this point, uh, Scott also finds a rat in Elise's apartment. And he just steps on it. Yeah. The rat, like, he says it charges him. It's hard to tell. But... Yeah. Well, the rats all have rabies as well. Super yeah. rabies. Fair enough. Uh, good job, Scott. Yeah. Unintentionally saved yourself for now. For now. And one of the new characters is a drunk lawyer named Randy. And he's not having any of this. Like, he gets brought downstairs. He's kind of pissed off about it. And later on, he wants to go back up to his apartment because he's like, I'm safer barricaded in my room away from you people. Shouldn't we all spread out? Granted, he's slurring his speech when he's saying this, but that doesn't mean he's wrong. Yeah, that is one of the main things that I took away from this movie. And I think one of the things that's really different compared to the first one, you could take this approach in the first one too, but I see no reason not to just seclude yourself. Barricade your doors, lock it up. Yes, they can get knocked down just with who knows the strength of someone with super rabies. But I don't want to be in the open. No, I don't want to be near people. I want to lock myself in my my apartment with my weapons, whatever I have, and just sit in a corner and wait for this whole thing to blow over. Granted, it might not, which we'll get to. The CDC might just decide to kill all of you because they can't risk it, which is not a bad move on their part. Nope, uh, but they are not in this. Well, they're not in this movie yet. <laughs> yeah, they're not in this movie yet. But uh, Randy's exactly right. So uh, yeah, listen to Randy. Granted, uh, well, and it's not even his fault. He's drunk. He was drunk before the horror movie began. Yeah, just bad luck. So he's gonna leave and he's gonna start up the elevator to uh, just go back to his apartment. 
And at the same time, these two other new characters who are not in the Wreck movie, we got uh, Bernard and Sadie. Bernard is an opera teacher, an opera teacher, and Sadie's his best student, and they live together. Suspicious. Kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. She's of age. Yep. So, but, like, they are, they are two consenting adults. Yes. But there's definitely a, a power situation here. Oh, yeah. Not okay, Bernie. <laughs> and Angela and Scott, they decide to go with him because they have a TV. And at this point, the cable, internet, cell phones have all been, you know, cut. Same but, thing as Rec. Yeah, same thing as Rec. But their TV's got rabbit ears. So there's something to the old school ways of uh, TV and communication. Sometimes they'll still work. So maybe invest in like a ham radio. Yeah. But they're, they want to go watch the news. And on the news, it's saying, oh, we evacuated everyone from the building. So no worries. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, I'm in danger. <laughs> So pro tip, if you are in a quarantine building and they say everyone has been evacuated, they're not going to let you out alive. Like, how are they going to spin that? When they're, the, they're either going to do that or your life is going to change a whole lot if you get out. Yeah. <laughs> That's, they're, they're not going to let you out. They're not going to. You're not making it out of this. You, you, might, you might make it out as like a lab rat. Yeah. Best case scenario. Yeah. That's no way to live. Because <laughs> in Rec 1, we talked about two ways to survive the movie, and you could go either way. You sit and wait and hope for the best and hope the CDC will let you out eventually once you've been cleared. Or you find a way out yourself and maybe get shot in the process, but you take things in your own hands. And really, it's a toss-up either way. Guess what? Your choice is clear now. you got to find your own way out. You cannot rely on other people to help you. And that's one of the big changes, I think, with quarantine. Yeah, it's tough because you're still assuming here. All signs point to you're not making this out, not making it out of it alive. But you're also just relying on like one news story here. Sure. So I, I would still not blame someone for just hunkering down in their room with a weapon and trying to just last it out after they see that the front door is closed, the back door is closed, all the windows are barricaded, and there's gunmen at every single window. Yeah. Once I realize that there is literally no way out of this because everyone outside knows what's going on probably has the blu- the blueprints to this apartment building and know that how to seal any sort of exit um, that almost just makes the decision for me too like yep. so i think i think you're screwed either way but i'm, I'm not gonna fault either decision sure sure but this news broadcast would definitely put me into the motor i'm like oh i have to rely on myself i have to find a way out yeah that's where i would go from that the power gets cut Oh, I, and I should mention, before they even get in there to watch the news report, on their way up, they get attacked by a, a, a rabid dog. But luckily, it gets distracted when Randy steps out of the elevator. The, the drunk lawyer. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Yep. And the dog attacks Randy instead and kills him, and it gets stuck in the elevator. And Angela, for some dumb reason, is trying to open the elevator back up. Just, just let him go. Yeah, it's over. You <laughs> just met this guy. He has no chance of making it. Yep, he's been bit. Bye-bye. And Angela's going to do that a lot in this movie. She's going to try and rescue people who have been bit. She's going to do it to Lawrence, the veterinarian. The the mom, she's going to get handcuffed to the stairwell just to, like in the first movie. She's, she's going to try and rescue all three of them. They've all been bit. It's over for all three of them. And it's just like, Angela, okay, you got to take care of yourself here. Yeah, and this is a personality trait of Angela as well from the first movie. But it's it's almost like it's just cranked up a little yeah, bit. They dialed it up to 11. Yeah. And that's not good for surviving horror movies. Nope. <laughs> uh, you have to follow... The classic, rule number 35, no one to cut ties. Absolutely. Especially because you just met these people. These could all be really bad people. Yeah, you have no idea. <laughs> they could be murderers. They could be part of the, spoiler alert, 
The cult. They could all be part of the cult behind it all. You have no idea. Just assume they are. Just start thinking of everyone else as a bad person and focus on your own survival. Yep. It's a good mentality. And maybe Scott's. Because you, you know him. Yeah, yeah. If you're friends, that's different. But uh, these randos you just met, let him yeah. get eaten by the dog in the elevator. Let's you get into the next room so you can watch this news report and gather more information and maybe survive. You're not going to, but maybe. Can't hurt. Can't hurt. Uh, so anyway, after they finish watching the news report, they get attacked by that woman, Elise, who we talked about earlier. And one thing we criticized our cameraman for in the last movie uh, who one night of the living pleb for the character did the worst job at following the rules. That went to Pablo. Deservedly. Deservedly. Because Pablo was carrying around this camera the entire movie for some reason. Set it down. Yeah. And we got mad at him for never using the camera as a weapon. Well, guess what Scott does? He uses the camera as a weapon. Bashes people's heads in yep. multiple times. Yeah, he does it twice. Most uh, gruesomely here. Yeah. He, he beats her to death with this camera. Blood all over the lens. <laughs> Rule number five, lock and load. Yep. Now he's got a, a good reason to carry around this this camera for the rest of the movie. It's like, I can use it to beat fools with. Yeah. Also, it has a light on it for now. Yep. I, th- I think where we came to a conclusion in the previous movie is it's great to use as a resource to, like, document and all that stuff. It's also good when the lights go out because uh, it does have that lamp on it. It can be good as a weapon, but it's not your best weapon sure. compared to, like, a sledgehammer or a knife or a gun or anything like that. But if you are going to be stubborn and carry this thing around, at least utilize it to its full potential. Yeah. Point to quarantine over wrecked this time. Sure. When the CDC finally does show up and enter the building, one new twist is because this is rabies' time. To, to test for rabies, you have to take brain samples. So we get kind of a gross scene of them taking brain samples from Fletcher, the firefighter. It's a drill to the back of the head. <sighs> it's like, what is this, a Saw movie? It just, yeah, it seemed like it. <laughs> gross. For anyone who uh, listened or watched Wreck, this is basically, like, it's a different operation with the same scene. Yeah. Like, they're they're looking through the, the door uh, above from, like, a higher angle because they're shut out of the room. And yeah. it was basically the exact same thing. It's the same thing, just with uh, more brain plot. drilling. And then after everything goes to hell and the, the zombies are all breaking out and everything's terrible, third act, basically, Angela and Scott and uh, Jake, as well as CDC doctor Bernard and Sadie... And finally, the landlord, Yuri, and his wife, who I don't even know her name, Wanda. Wanda. This group all barricades themselves in an apartment a little higher up, which the scene is in wreck as well. You know, the CDC, Just a little different. A little different. Yeah. It turns out the CDC doctor is bit, and so he locks himself in the next room. Exact same thing as first. <laughs> We've seen all this before. But then it turns out Sadie is bit as well. So Bernard, 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 whatever, however you pronounce his name, he freaks out. Rule number 10, don't panic. Which Angela also does a ton in this movie. Yes. I will say. She's, she's very bad. Freaking out all the time. Bernard cuts through, opens the window and cuts through the plastic that they that has sealed them in and is trying to signal for help from police officers outside who proceed to just shoot him. Straight one bullet to the head. And this is one of the, I, I really love this. This is great. This is one in major improvement, I think, over Wreck. Yeah. A for effort. I guess for for him, since this is like kind of a new style kill, yep. um, like you said, don't panic. Yep. He's taking your approach a little bit here and just basically trying to do whatever he can to get out of there. It doesn't work. No. But, you know, at least it was a less painful death. That's very true. Because this bullet was straight to the brain. He's dead. Uh, you know, no pain. It's over. He probably should have just jumped and ran for it and just tried to just... Take, rule 22, take the shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think you're going to 
they were on the second or third story, so I think you're going to survive the fall, but you're going to have some broken limbs, and you're not going to be able to run away, and then you're probably going to get shot down. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. But if you... If and you that sur- sounds more painful than a bullet to the brain. That's true. But let's say, okay, you fall out, you survive the fall, you're on the ground now. Now, maybe there's cameras out there. The world is watching. Oh. Maybe. They did look out, and there. I think there was another news crew there. Yeah. You could kind of see through the window uh, down on the ground. So maybe maybe you got to do this really quick, otherwise you're going to get potentially shot. Yeah. You don't know yet, but you jump. Hopefully there's a van or something that is higher up yep. than, than the actual ground, and you get there, and you just start shouting basically at yep. them, and then just hope for the best. Hope you don't get shot once on the ground because cameras are on them, and they won't shoot somebody on the street. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Sometimes you got to just gamble. Yeah. So I think that would have been an okay move. Yeah. Um, it's it's a big ask. It's a big ask uh, for the situation. But hey, it's better than you know certain death. Yep. He stood in the he stood in the window way too long because he cut open the plastic and then like opened it up and just stood there. Like he should have cut it open, opened it while moving to the side so he could peer out a little bit without like exposing his head yeah. or anything. And so I think it just ultimately he panicked. Rule 28, run, bitch, run. Run, bitch, run! <laughs> like, jump, bitch, jump. Jump and then hopefully run if your limbs still work. <laughs> and I think the panicking was unnecessary just because, yes, he realized that his roommate slash girlfriend possibly is infected, but she's not trying to attack them. Not yet. She's just kind of freaking out because she's bitch like she hasn't shown any other symptoms yet so maybe kill her quick yeah and then you have a little bit more time to think and then the rest of the scene kind of plays out as normal yuri and wanda everyone dies but before he dies yuri tells him hey there's a way might be a way out through a drain thing in the, in the basement same thing as wreck gotta go get the key yep which is up same in his thing apartment. and then we get kind of the same run through the apartment trying to get the keys trying to make it down to the basement which completely fails as we did before and this is where jake goes full manu pretty much yep and it's just beating everyone down with his sledgehammer, which he eventually loses, unfortunately. Rule number seven, don't leave your weapon behind. Firmly grasp it. Unnecessarily, because they weren't in immediate danger. Yeah, he does leave his sledgehammer in an elevator. Yeah. But he's just taking out these infected people left and right. And uh, one, uh, the only real new addition here is one of the infected... Jake and Scott together, again, Scott using his camera, they yeet one of the zombies over the side of yeah. the stairwell, and she, like, bashes into one of the railings on her way down. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. That that was, like, really the only new thing here. Yeah. Pretty cool. But, like, great, great for Jake, and pretty good for Scott, too. Yeah. Angela's useless. Yeah, she's really bad. This is where it gets even worse for Angela, like, because she is panicking the entire time. She is contributing exactly zero. And doesn't have a weapon. And she doesn't have a weapon. Lock and load. Use your microphone stick. Eventually, Jake does get bit, sadly. Rule two, constant vigilance for him. He turns his back for just a second and infected Yuri gets him. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Rip. Pouring out for Jake. But eventually, it, same thing happens. It's Scott and Angela get up to the, the penthouse because they get they, they can't get down to the basement. Too many zombies. And what we talked about in Wreck is what they have to do is just like let one zombie in their apartment at a time. Kill that one. All right, one more. You just got to be methodical and, and take them out one by one. And so this is my big thing as well for... I, I think I've said that already a couple of times. It's why my one big thing for the movie. Like a hot take. I did not take a lot of notes for this movie. Yeah. Um, so one of my very few notes was... Since the and it has to do with the difference between it being rabies and it being a demon possession. Since it's rabies, and we already got 
this exposition from the the vet basically saying that once you show symptoms you're screwed you're dead he even said 100 percent, whether or not that's medically accurate whatever but with that information i think that you can take anyone who has symptoms and just assume that they're dead don't try to keep them alive don't have any humanity left and just bash their faces in Mm -hmm. get any weapons that you can and just bash their heads in call it good if you think that they're going to come back to life behead them maybe sure Sure, Uh, cut their heads off they can't bite you if you do that yeah, cut, uh, cut their head off with the jaw. Yeah, perfect. No biting. No clamping down there. That That's basically my only take. Is, and that that I think that way, along with what we were saying in Wreck, of just facing them one by one, taking off their heads or their jaws, whatever it ends up being, that's your best bet. Because if you can somehow work through this entire building that way, which is possible, mm-hmm. your chances are slim, but it's possible. If you kill everyone in the building and then you just wait around, CDC eventually comes in and maybe they'll let you live because yep. you killed all the other ones. Or you can escape through the basement, maybe. Whatever. Either way, yep. that's a win-win, yep. possibly. But they go up to the attic and they hide in the penthouse. And instead of finding the, a secret hideout of a priest and uh, who is doing experiments on the demon, it turns out this is a base for a doomsday cult who is inventing a super virus, which is what this is. And so that's the origin of it this time. A cult's behind it all. But it's pretty much the same scene. We have the trap door falling open. It is almost exactly the same. Scott sticks his head up for some dumb reason into the attic and gets his little uh, zombie baby boy up there who attacks him and breaks the light exactly like happens in Wreck. And again, worst move of the movie. Why would you stick your head up there, man? Yeah, absolutely. No reason. And then finally, a tall, gangly guy comes out of the shadows and kills Scott with the night vision mode on and eventually just drags Angela away into the darkness where I'm assuming she dies because she's not in quarantine too. Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing with quarantine two or uh, rec two is that you get to see right away that uh, they keep her alive to give her the host mm-hmm. or whatever. Since it's rabies, there's no host. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she's dead. Yep, Angela's dead. Bye. Good riddance. <laughs> And that's quarantine. There's not that many differences. It's pretty much the same movie. Wreck is better. Yep. Overall, I gave Wreck a 7 out of 10. I think if I would have watched this one first, I would have given it probably like a 6 out of 10. Sure. My impression of it is lower, but I think that's just because I watched Wreck first. I would probably give this movie a 5 out of 10 because it's not a bad movie. It's just not worth watching. Yeah, that's fair. So... Five. I, I can't recommend it because it Watch Wreck instead. Watch Wreck instead. So I'd give Quarantino five out of ten. It's perfectly competent. It's if you haven't seen Wreck, it's it's entertaining. But it, this movie exists already. It didn't need to exist again. And it exists already with very competent sequels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quarantine is easily the worst of the five movies so far. And I think Quarantine Two is worse than any of the Wreck movies. Quarantine Two is at least its own thing, but you know, all four Wreck movies are better. So this movie's just unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, not bad, just unnecessary. Mm-hmm. No new rules. No. Because we've been here. No. Here's the interesting part. Let's get to the awards. So we have, Again, like I said, we have the Randy Meeks Merit Badge, Night of the Living Pleb. And Randy Meeks Merit Badge goes to the character who did the best job at following the rules. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Last time it was Manu. This time we have Jake instead of Manu. I think Jake deserves it. I think Jake does a pretty good job. Yeah, um, I'd like to give an honorable mention to the vet. Sure. Uh, he seemed to be one of the ones that had his head on straight the most time, had valuable information, progressed at least their knowledge of everything, and didn't really make any dumb moves. Sure. So there were no, I didn't see any negatives to him. Um, he just didn't do as much. 
No, and and that's why it's more just an honorable mention, sure. and I think it has to go to Jake, a.k.a. Manu. <laughs> yeah, uh, American Manu, uh, Jay Hernandez. Uh, yeah, he's just competent all the way through, and again, just for a split second, he takes his eye off the prize and gets taken down, but that's pretty forgivable considering this movie forget well and considering the situation and like there's bad lighting and like it it's a bad spot yeah well no one survives this movie so you know we're doing the best here with what we got they're coming to get you barbara stop it you're ignorant they're coming for you barbara night of living pleb last time was pablo the cameraman so his his counterpart would be scott i think scott is better than pablo because Absolutely. he keeps the camera with him and uses it as a weapon, which is our big complaint about him. Now, he does have the worst move of the movie, which is sticking his head in the attic. But I want to give it to Angela because she doesn't do anything. And the stuff she does, she tries to make the situation where she's trying to save everybody who's already infected. And it's like, why? Stop. And, and she already has that other information, too. Like, she was in the room when the vet was saying that 100, 100% of the time, you don't survive these symptoms. Yeah, they'll let them go softly into the night. Yeah. Or violently into the night. I mean, the they're, night. yeah, they're, I, they'll go softly into the night. They'll just be very violent after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, they're going to get bit and, eat, and, you know, you just got to focus on yourself, okay? Self-care. <laughs> yeah. And ultimately, I, I am going to agree with Angela. I would, like, there are some pretty bad side characters as well. Yeah, um, that one cop. Yeah, main cop that lasts longer than the first cop. Yeah, that is Officer Wilineski. Yeah. Wilinski? Yep, along with uh, Bernard or Bernard. Yep, yep. Uh, I think that he's also a dishonorable mention. Sure, but what, one there's thing just I, more things going on with Angela. One thing I do like about uh, Officer Wilensky is he he spends the whole movie mad at Scott for having the camera on him. Same thing as Rick. <laughs> Same thing as Rick. But when the CDC guy tries to stop them from shooting, he's like, "Hey, they have a right to film this." Character arc. Character arc. <laughs> right before he dies. Right before he dies. That's pretty funny. But yeah, I think it's Angela just because she's basically useless. And, yeah. and actually, she's detrimental to other people's survival. Yeah, she she's slowing down. Once you get into like the Act 3, uh, she's actively slowing down Jake and Scott. Yep. If this is just the Jake and Scott show, they might make it out. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, maybe not make it out, but they might survive until whatever comes next. They don't have to worry about Angela. They can just worry about themselves. Yeah. Maybe Jake does not take his eye off the prize and he lives. Maybe. Angela gives Anhala a bad name because Anhala turns into a badass over the course of Wreck. Yeah, she's great. And this Angela sucks. American Angela sucks. Go Anhala. <laughs> Go Anhala. We're Team Spain here, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, let's give it to Angela. And so, it's good for Scott. Scott does not keep the cameraman Night of Living Club prize going, which makes me happy as a cameraman. Progress. Progress. Also, the two of them shouldn't have been going up into the apartment multiple times after they were told to stay downstairs when yeah. they know there's infected people. Just stay downstairs. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. So that's quarantine. Normally, I would say uh, we're time to spin the Wheel of Spooks, but we're not. Wheel of Spooks is in quarantine. God, again, is this April? Like, <laughs> uh, Basically, for the next couple of weeks, uh, you know, we got the holidays coming up. A lot of people just aren't doing anything because they want to try and quarantine themselves so they can go home for Christmas or whatever, or they're just not seeing anybody because it's really bad right now and we're getting close to vaccine time. So basically, nobody is willing to podcast, which is totally fair. Unfortunately, you live with me. Yep. You're quarantined with me. Yep. So I think next time we're going to be doing Quarantine 2 Terminal. Basically, we're just going to be doing movies that Josh has, and there's not many of those. Yep. Uh, I currently have one spot on the currently quarantined Wheel of Spooks, so... 
that's what we're working with. Quarantine 2 Terminal will probably be next unless something crazy happens. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to bear with us over the next few weeks because, uh, yeah, there might be times where we can't do a podcast at all for who knows. So it, it's tough. It's tough times. It's unprecedented times. Oh, no. <laughs> Everyone loves hearing it. In these unprecedented times, yep. we uh, do quarantine movies. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm thinking about doing the Cabin Fever series after that. Not a good series, but at least they're relevant to what's going on. Yeah. So, and but, I've never seen them. Yeah, and uh, maybe you'll like them. I don't know. You maybe you're maybe you don't even know you're an Eli Roth fan. You could be. I could see you being an Eli Roth fan. I don't know who that is. It, what I said was not a compliment. Oh. But you know, I could see it. Okay. How many uh, How many Cabin Fevers are there? Four. Ooh, okay. One of them is a director. It's another just shot for shot remake. God damn. There's like one change. It's even it's even more of the same. Oh my god. Why? They, they change one of the characters from male to female, I think. I think that's yeah. Oh, and I think they cut the the molesting scene out. That's probably good. Yeah, probably good. Oh, and there's one racist joke they cut out of the original. So th- there's like three changes between the original and the remake. Uh, so we'll probably do in the Cabin Fever series after this. That lasts us a while. <laughs> so we'll see. Bear with us here. We're a little Calvin Ball here. But Josh, do you want to go about your social media? Uh, follow me on Twitter or Instagram at jwessler. That's J-W-E-H-S-E-L-E-R. Eh, I'm trying to be a little bit more active on, on Twitter, so interact with me there if you really feel like it. You can follow us on Twitter at HowToHorror. That's how the number two horror. Uh, go ahead and leave us any five-star reviews on your uh, podcast listener of choice, and we'll read them on the podcast. Josh, I don't got anything else, do you? No, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, uh, Thanks for being on, man. Oh, thanks. Uh, this is fun. So, quarantine two, and this time next week. <laughs> yeah, I, I am good with that. Hooray. All right, this has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie podcast, and now more than ever, stay safe out there. Uh, uh.